After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. There we go. Yeah, baby. Hey, you got the power play. Get out of here. Hey. 36, right here for the rock. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Hey, hey. We're not doing this. I don't want to babysit all night. A little bit of nastiness today. Huh? Nothing good's coming out of this, big man. Have you seen this before? Yes, it's rule something, point something. He's not putting a stick in here. You keep your stick out of him. Here we go. Let's roll, boys. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go. After further review, it's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Here's your hosts, Todd Lewis and Josh Smith. When you're ready, big guy. All right, guys, let's drop the puck. Finally, finally, finally. No, not the new intro. I like the new intro, by the way, Josh. It's, it's very good. But finally, camps are opening up and players and coaches and most importantly, officials are getting back on the ice. It's kind of like everybody can exhale just a bit now. Yeah, it's nice. It, you start to feel the season's coming. It's it's on its way. The, the rookie camps, the prospect camps, all the amateur stuff, then the minor and the juniors start to get active. But with uh, NHL teams kind of waking up on social media, having all the camp activities, seeing the players and rosters and seeing the officials at camp. It's uh, it's exciting. It, it means it is almost time to drop the puck on the season, Todd. You know what? It occurs to me as well that while the rookies are doing their thing and they're getting out on the ice, the NHL has been having these media tours with players. There was one in Paris this year. There was one in Las Vegas. Again, officials Shut out. None invited. None there. A glorious opportunity missed. It it always is. I mean, who, who's better to weigh in on the state of the game? Who who better to talk about with what's going on and, and where the league's headed and just having that different perspective? You, you have to appreciate what the officials bring. And I, I think I think one day, one day, Todd, the NHL will realize that there's an untapped resource there that can just help them market the game. And it's, it's the guys in stripes. And we have updates on the guys in stripes, of course, because this is the Scouting the Refs podcast. Please make sure you're following our social channels. For Josh, you get them at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and Instagram. For me, it's at Todd Lewis Sports on both Twitter and Instagram. On this week's episode, Patrick Waugh is getting an early start. Female officials will work rookie tournaments. Training camp opens. Dollars, dollars, dollars. And yes, I know you're clamoring for it. We've got an update on Refi. I love Refi. <laughs> it's been a short existence, but it really has sort of taken fire. And we'll we will get to the update on Refi. So let's let's talk about first because we said training camps are open, and well, it's now actually closed for the NHL officials because their training camp is done, short and sweet. And I'm sure the players are envious that their camp is done and things are just getting started for the players. Yeah, I know. I don't don't want the hecklers in the cheap seats up there yelling that the officials' camp is too short. They need to spend more time learning about game management, or they need to learn about goaltender interference <laughs> or things like that it's short and sweet it's in person you know they get together for four or five days have some great bonding experiences some workouts some on ice stuff going through the changes they've got a great charitable card game that uh, drives a scholarship there for one of the former officials who passed away so a lot of things going on there it's really about the camaraderie you think about it todd these guys are only together on the, the rare instances like this. They're separated. They'll see three other guys on a night-to-night -night basis. But to have the whole group together is, is pretty rare. And it isn't that it's limited to just these four days. These guys are in communication with each other, with their, their fitness advisory, their nutrition, their coaching, rules updates, things like that. They're 
electronically connected all year round and there's lots of other updates going on. So it, it's really about coming together as, as people and, and having that bonding experience, that shared time at training camp. It's as you said, it's part of what the players get, but for the officials, it's even more important because they don't get to spend the whole season traveling together or in a locker room together. They'll, they'll meet with a few other individuals. They'll, they'll work with different crews every night, but it's, it's pretty, uh, I don't want to say it's a lonely experience, but you're, you're kind of isolated. So to have everybody come together for this, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. And it's a, a wonderful few days for those officials who are now ready to uh, get things warmed up, get back on the ice and start working some games. Super important, too, because this is the one and only time that you will have to really start to establish any sort of chemistry with other officials. We always hear about teams and players during camp and early on in the season. Well, it's going to take some time to sort of build a rapport, build some chemistry and understand who's playing on a line with with who and and how the how the game may be changing for systems in terms of the team this year. But officials because you met as you mentioned there's there's a different group that you're working with every night you don't have long stretches and time to build chemistry it will probably happen as the season moves on oh right i remember working with this guy it's a, it's a little bit different but it's just it it really illustrates the challenges of officiating and not to mention they have zero home games they're always <laughs> on the road yep absolutely i mean even the even the games that are close to your home you're you're not exactly getting cheered by the home crowd there. So those are even road games. <laughs> you don't have the big welcome back <laughs> <No>. night. <laughs> very, very rarely. There have been a few. I remember uh, Justin St. Pierre's thousandth game. I think he had a, a large contingent uh, go to Montreal to cheer him on there. But those are, are few and far between. It's it's like you said, it's road games all the way down. And you've got these guys that you've worked with over the years. And we have plenty of tenured officials who've certainly put in their games with some of the other guys. The league standardizes a lot of what the expectations are from positioning and, and management and oversight and who's covering which areas. So you know what to expect, but the personalities are always different. The styles are different. You might have guys who have different tendencies. You know, we, we joke about the team scouting the officials. You kind of have to do it as an official yourself to understand how your partner works, especially when you're covering for each other on the lines or you're looking to see who's making the call in this particular situation. So it's, it's very standardized by the league and they, they try to make sure they're clear on who's doing what. But certainly you've got different personalities out there. You know, if, if it's your first time working the ice with uh, Kelly Sutherland, as it will be for some of these rookie officials, you know, you're you're in for a very talkative night. So <laughs> hope you're ready. <laughs> yeah. So does that guy ever quiet down? Man, he's nonstop <laughs> as soon as he drops the puck. Exactly. And, and it's it's true, though, because you've got to adapt to that and, you know, figuring out those responsibilities when you've got a senior guy that you're working with. You know, how is he approaching the game? But these guys uh, all very close all have worked together for years and i'm sure as much as it's it's that it's also getting to know each other a little bit better and in, enjoying your time out on the ice with the guys you enjoy working with okay so the good news is that there were a number of female officials that were part of the nhl combine that took place and through training camp and we will be seeing female officials participating in the rookie tournaments, which are underway now for National Hockey League teams. So this is another step in the right direction. We've we've talked about this a few times before, but I'm not sure that it's going to happen this season. I think it would be great to have a, a long ramped up uh, promotion of the fact that we will have female officials in, in the National Hockey League and regular season games, but with none officially on staff, I don't know if we'll see it, but it is good to see them out on the ice working at least the rookie tournaments. Absolutely. And it gets the players used to it. If they haven't had an opportunity to play a game in, say, the AHL, where we do have women officiating there, maybe this is their first time that they've played a game with a woman working. And, and to just see 
it's not any different. It's normal. It, it just becomes part of the regular thing of it doesn't matter, you know, which officials working this one. If it is Kirsten Welsh, if it is Alexander Clark, whoever's working the game, it's the same outcome. It's the same approach. It's the same ability. I mean, these are phenomenal skaters. They have great judgment when it comes to the calls. So I think that kind of helps normalize it for some of the players who it might be new to them that that hopefully it becomes normal for everybody else. And we do see that continue to tick up in the AHL and then hopefully at the NHL level. I think they're doing a great job, the NHL that is, with the combine of having participation and, and having women identified as high potential candidates. You, know, you take somebody like Kirsten Welsh, who's been at the NHL fish eating combine three years, and you learn from that and you you grow and you develop as an official. And, and I think those are the right things. And Al Kimmel, the director of scouting and development for the NHL, has been working to try to get them prepared and put them in situations where they can succeed. And, and hopefully one of those situations is soon the National Hockey League. It will be great to see, and it will happen one day soon. As, as you mentioned, with, with rookie tournaments and prospect tournaments, this is the a stepping stone, if you will, to full-time NHL employment. Hopefully, the Traverse City Prospect Tournament happening this year, the five teams participating, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Detroit Red Wings, the St. Louis Blues, Columbus Blue Jackets, and Dallas Stars all participating, and they have ECHL officials working those games as well. Again, here is an opportunity for officials in one league to get exposure to high-caliber hockey talent, high-caliber games, and improve their skills and maybe help them move up a level or two. Absolutely. And folks have asked in the past, you know, do do they need to work one of these tournaments to move up? And the answer is no, you don't have to, right? It's it's about your tools. It's about what you bring to the table. With the NHL combine, they might see ability or potential in there, regardless of what you worked in the past. But certainly as an official, you're being selected to work a special event, whether it's an NHL prospect tournament, whether it's one of the camps. It's an invitation. It's an honor. And it certainly puts more eyes on you for the potential of moving up or being identified by another league as, as someone who might be able to step into an officiating role. So we've seen it frequently, particularly with the officials working the Traverse City tournament, that they're tapped and either joining the ECHL or in the case of these officials who are ECHL officials already, might identify them as high potential and perhaps see them in the AHL shortly. Fingers crossed that, again, somebody gets the opportunity to move up in these early season tournaments, the rookie tournaments and prospect tournaments, a chance to develop your skills a little bit further and maybe show what you've got. Some, though, are already in mid-season form, if you will, and that would be Quebec Ramparts head coach Patrick Waugh, <laughs> who found himself ejected from his team's 6-3 victory over Shawinigan. Now, it wasn't a penalty call that Patrick Waugh had, well, let's just say some issues with. It was a possible obstruction on a player. And afterwards, Patrick Waugh unloaded on referee Nicholas Dutil, and that got him rung up for an ejection from the game. And this is not the first time that Patrick Waugh has been ejected, and it's not the first time he's crossed paths with Dutille. It goes back to a playoff series, but I, I loved Patrick Waugh's quotes afterwards, and you can check out, <laughs> check out the story on the scuttingtherefs.com website, but I don't feel I'm getting the same treatment as other coaches around the league. That's why I try to do as little talking as possible during games. I thought it was funny that the league put us against Shawinigan in an exhibition game. That was tactless. In my good years, the stick rack would have been flying back. Today, <laughs> I try to stay calm. I have to get over it. Maybe it will have done some good what happened here tonight. I, I Patrick Waugh and calm don't really seem to go <laughs> together to me. 
No, no, I, I would say that's probably not the one of the strengths or one of the things he necessarily brings to the ice. There are, are a lot of things that he does, a lot of talents, a lot of abilities, a lot of emotion, but calmness, serenity, uh, not not words I associate with Patrick Waugh. <laughs> yeah, unless it's the serenity now from the well, Seinfeld episode <laughs> and he does, and eventually he explodes. But but that's that is Patrick though. I mean, he is passionate. He is emotional. Always has been through his playing career. It's part of what made him so good. And I think it's part of what makes him as good as he is as a as a coach and a, an evaluator of talent. And I I think like players, you have to be able to channel that emotion a little bit. And if you're a coach or a general manager, understand that that emotion is going to get the better of you sometimes. And this is going to be the price you're going to pay occasionally. Patrick Waugh getting ejected from a game. If it happens once a year, I think you just got to learn to live with that. Yeah, I think it's it's part of what he has. It's it, it, it's it gets, I don't want to say it gets attention. I mean, it certainly does. It draw, draws eyes. It draws news stories. and People want to cover while freaking out. But it, it's that same kind of passion that he tries to inspire his players or, you know, to take the bullet for them if it's something where he feels that he needs to deflect criticism and uh, put the focus on him and dispute with the officials, which we saw last year in the playoffs. So, not something Waz unfamiliar with. I, I kind of secretly think he in, enjoys the battles with the officials. So I, I think this is not the last we've heard of Patrick Waz. I know he's had some exchanges with Dutil all the way. We're going on 10 years plus now. And then uh, Olivier Gouin, who did the playoffs, was also working that game. So Waz doesn't forget. And uh, he's he's not shy to let you know. But I don't know if he's listening with his Stanley Cup rings in his ears. So <laughs> That's right. That was see, And that's that's one of the best quotes ever from uh, Patrick Waz. Speaking about Jeremy Roenick, that's a that's just a beauty. And I I didn't even think of the possibility that you're right. This is what this is a coaching tactic too. Is that he's taking all the attention and focus off the players and putting it on himself. And coaches will do that. And and this is clearly something that Patrick Waugh doesn't have trouble putting on his shoulders is having more attention thrust upon him. No, he's a, a guy who doesn't shy away from it. And, and, you know, from a calculated standpoint, it's a preseason game. He gets to blow off steam. They had the, the playoff loss. These guys were involved in that series. So, you know, maybe this is his uh, his outburst that he allows himself. And then he uh, straps it down for the regular season, tightens things up again, keeps it clean at, at least until he snaps. We'll have to stand by for further developments <laughs> on this one in uh, the queue. If you are following Josh on the social channels, of course, at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and Instagram, he was soliciting thoughts on a question that we've been asking for a little while since the National Hockey League has allowed teams to put a corporate patch on their jerseys, and some are unveiling those now. Which company would be a good partner for the jersey patch for referees that the the question mark is is there right now on the Instagram and Twitter posts from Josh? But I think we had a lot of interesting and really good suggestions. The I, I'm, I'm not surprised that there were lots of lens crafters and <laughs> laser eye surgery companies, but I, I I think that was pretty good. But we've had a lot of suggestions. Yeah, there were some uh, there were some good ones in there. Some some favorites that came out of left field. Uh, fruit stripe gum was a, a good one just because of the stripes <laughs> tie in. I think we had a, a few bail bonds companies come up as well as the little Debbie's zebra cakes snack cakes which were good but uh other than that i i think the uh the, the dunkin donuts sponsorship is just a another no-brainer that's a that is absolutely a winner but the one that didn't occur to me that 
You never know. This could be a fit. Is is the one that uh, was suggested once or twice of Foot Locker because they wear referee <laughs> jerseys in the stores. Yeah, it's you know what, and it's it's not it's not comedy. It's not insulting. It's uh, it's a pretty good tie-in right there. That one that one might actually have some legs. The other the other one I thought of too is was be a lawyer's office. Like they have all these dramatic legal companies that have commercials. Not the, not the real ambulance chaser kind, but you know the the we work for the people kind of companies that lawyers saying we get justice for you. Maybe there's something there we could tie into. Yeah, when you get in the box, you give us a call. And <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We don't we don't get paid unless you win, right? <laughs> Put your legal issues under review. I like, uh, see, I think there's something there. I think we, yeah, we may need to explore this a little further. Okay. The other topic that I know everyone is clamoring to get the update on, we brought it up last week on the podcast. We have a number of teams holding fan fest events, all kinds of activities, and they involved mascots. We thought it is long overdue that there is a mascot necessary for officials and this mascot has been dubbed Refi. And again, you were you were at it on the social channels and I love the <laughs> I love the image of Refi that is visible now. It's it's really you hit the nail on the head. Well, you know, we needed to visualize Refi and we had lots of suggestions there on on what Refi could be or, or what the personification of Refi could look like. But to me, there was never any second guessing that Refi is obviously a zebra. And yes. we had to make Refi happen. We needed to see what what Refi could potentially be and and where Refi could go from here. This is just the beginning of something that I think is starting to snowball. And I, I envision Refi becoming very big and very popular very quickly. I think it would be great. I think I'm I'm looking forward to that showdown, that that mascot battle that they have at the All Star Game or the mascot yes! game that takes place. We need an official. We need Refi there to officiate the game. Somebody's got to work that one. The, well, uh, the, the, again, there is. It, it's an obvious tie-in. It's an obvious connection that if you're if you're having the mascots out playing, then you need an official and Refi. Let's hear it for Refi. I'm I'm thinking <laughs> that. Uh, uh, Refi needs to happen. I, I think Refi does. I, I think we'll have we'll have more more to come on that one. But I'm I'm looking forward to what Refi could bring to NHL arenas near you, particularly if he can pay a visit to Gritty in Philly, because I, I don't think anything would top the Refi Gritty showdown. I could see them being best pals, you know. I really, <laughs> I, I, I could really see them being best pals because you know Gritty has kind of a fun. Uh, personality, not too serious, has some fun, pokes at the opposition a little bit, isn't afraid to have a bit of a sense of humor. And if it gets too out of hand, Refi could just run gritty. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if they're if they're good cop, bad cop, or more more <laughs> more odd couple here. But I think either way, there's there's definitely potential there, Todd. I'm looking forward to seeing where this develops, and I'm looking forward to seeing more games coming up in the next little while. Training camps will be open. And again, I'm thinking that the over-under on the video review is only going to be a few games before we have our first controversy. And then we will really know that the season is underway. <laughs> yes, controversy. That's when the season begins. We're done. Good job. You're good, my book. Good stuff, man. Way to work. Yeah, we're good, man. Too long. Let's go sit for a couple. Get in the box. It's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Read more at scoutingtherefs.com. 
Follow Scouting the Refs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Scouting the Refs. Email the show at heyref at scoutingtherefs.com. Subscribe, share, and keep those sticks down. Okay. That's, uh, nicely done. That's good work.